Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Baxter Holmes in 15 minutes. Do you agree with this, Dibs? Again, I'm just sitting here rolling through this article. Yeah. And I'm like scribbling down notes and circling quotes. Notes um, and quotes. Look yeah, at you. notes and quotes. Fantasy team name next year. Uh, actually, that's boring. Anyway, <laughs> check it out. And we'll take your calls. We'd love, love to connect with y'all on this. 888-957-9570. Uh, Steve Kerr, Joe Lake of the Warriors Future, all in center focus tonight. In four hours, Warriors-Lakers, and it begins Warriors-Survivor. 29 games to stay on the island. Um, Go ahead and give us a call. Baxter Holmes, who has a huge ESPN feature article on the Warriors, joins us in 15 minutes. Now, don't get mad at the messenger. This quote is from, while unnamed, a former Warriors staffer. This person worked With and on the team. Sure. Quote, I think ownership made a decision about four years ago that they were going to try to have it all, and it backfired. They probably should have focused on players that just fit with Steph versus trying for the home run swings. You agree with that? No. You don't. What does backfiring look like? Is backfiring... Winning a championship is backfiring. Going to the second round of the playoffs. I mean, I don't. I don't think that. No. I think that backfiring is too strong because now, if they didn't win that championship two years ago, 
you could look at it and say, yeah, might have backfired on you. But you still went out and you won a championship. James Wiseman played zero minutes but that's in that. Well, the point is you won the championship, I know, so that's but, not a backfire. No, but he's talking about philosophically, I shouldn't say he, he or she, whoever this former they, warrior staff is. We don't know is. the pronoun. Well, th- th- this person is speaking directly to the philosophy that took over at that time four years ago with regard to acquiring players. And, and so the Warriors won a championship in 2022 despite all of their acquisitions. Not because of them, despite of them. Well, Jordan Poole was one, but that was probably that not was what le- this person's talking yeah, that about. Yeah, was, that was prior to this, the, you know, four years ago. That was prior to that. This right. Is, th- this is J- James Wiseman. It's James Wiseman, Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody is what it is. Wiseman was a backfire. You had the yeah, number Wiseman two pick Wiseman was a miss, absolutely. A backfire. So well, I think, that's I what think the- it's more the philosophy of what they tried to do that this person is talking about. And I think f- to that extent, they were trying to elongate the era by drafting 18 and 19 year old projects and hoping that by the end of Steph Clay and Dre, they'd be 23, 24, 25, and they'd be then ready to take the baton. So the very nate notion of the philosophy is flawed, as you were pointing out before. Well, Lakeham acknowledges it in here. He says, look, we could have drafted players with a lower ceiling yeah. that would have helped right away. So maybe, maybe you did navigate it. Right, Jonathan Kaminga now looks like maybe he will be a home run. You know, you you draft that project with the thought of like, okay, the talent is unquestionable, but this is going to take a while. This is going to so this person cannot contribute right now. Um, you hope that they could potentially be the centerpiece, though, of a non-lottery team, as right. you put it, down the road, and maybe he can. Maybe he can. I mean, Draymond Green just two weeks ago said this guy's now a legit two. He's a two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 maybe he will be. But the idea was the Warriors went after home runs as opposed to like we could have hit a double, and maybe that person sure. would have helped. And uh, well, Dibs, maybe last year would have gone better. Maybe. I mean, last year went went pretty well considering where you were and what you had, and yeah. had you gone for a a single, a little base hit, do you beat the Lakers? Do you go on to win the NBA championship? I doubt it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, just, mean, I don't, I don't you, see it. You ended up with non, like, and this is kind of where I wanted to respond to Charles, who made it sound like the Warriors were uh, heads buried in the sand and everything was going to die when Andrew Wiggins went out and Jonathan Kaminga stepped in and saved the season. That's not really the story that I remember, I think that's overstating it just a wee bit. Right. Um, I'd have to look at really exactly where they were when Wiggins went out. That sounds a little excessive to me that they were the 11 seed. I don't know. I do remember everything was super bunched up. So the difference between the 11 seed and the right. 6 seed was like a game and a half. So, I, you know, there's context there. And I don't remember Jonathan Kaminga stepping in and saving the season. He had some really good games. But you also can't argue that the reason he got yanked out of the playoffs is because he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing well. He wasn't making good decisions. He wasn't doing the right thing. And that's sort of, I don't know, I mean, that is one of the core pieces of of what I'm kind of getting at today. I really do feel like Steve Kerr has been unfairly branded. Well, really, branded I, branded I, by the fans. Yeah. And, exactly. You know, and that's where... But Lakeup paved the path. 
He didn't do it on purpose, but he paved the path by this, like, two timelines. And then when it didn't work out, it's like, oh, well, Steve can't develop young people. Well, he never said that. That was the the notion from the fans. And fans are too quick to forget that they won a championship a couple of seasons ago. So you, you've mentioned it before, and we've all talked about it ad nauseum, the idea of developing young players. Okay, it takes 20, 25, 30 minutes a night every night on the regular to develop a young player and have them learn on the fly how to be an NBA player. Well, you can't do that with players who aren't ready to play those minutes and still try to win a championship. Brandon Podjemski is an interesting case because he is being developed and you're trying to win a championship this year. And he's a rookie and he's getting minutes that normally wouldn't go to a rookie like that, but he's able to do the things that they need him to do So he gets the minutes, and he gets to develop while the team also is chasing a championship. He's more polished than Jonathan Kaminga was as a rookie. Certainly more polished than James Wiseman, who had played 40 minutes of college basketball before he became a Golden State Warrior. So you can develop young players if the young player is ready to be developed, and they develop on their own. That's one one way to say it. I agree with that. And then there's a second piece, which the team also has to be in a spot that that allows for development. Like another quote from this article from someone on a different NBA team was just kind of a fun one-sentence quote. It was the Warriors had time, and then they didn't. They, they thought they had time. Yeah, let's bring in Wiseman and Kaminga. We got all the time in the world. Steph and Clay were hurt. Wouldn't get these guys. Lakeham admits it. He goes, you're not wrong. If you thought that we thought that maybe we were done winning titles, you're right. You're right. He's like, I'm not going to lie to you. We thought that it might be over. And so we've got time, right? Yes, there's still three really great players here, and we can do some things. But we've also got time to start developing what's going to happen next. And then what did they start that year? What was their record? Like 18 and and 2, I think. Yeah. Is start 18 and two, and you're like, we've got time. We've got, oh, oh, no, no, we don't. We don't have time. And you're right, Dibs. It wasn't just, hey, we played really well. It was the flagship acquisition of that group was awful. Wiseman was terrible in those first 10 games. Right. He was brutal. He was absolutely brutal in ways that most of us fans can't see. But like the defensive rotations were a hot mess, and they were winning basketball games anyway. But imagine how those conversations go, and what would you have Steve do? Draymond Green pulls you into your office. Hey, Steve. Knock it off. (laughs) Dude, he's terrible. Get him off the floor. Oh, but develop young people. Get him off the floor. Kavon Looney's sitting there, and we can win. What do you want Steve to do? Right. I, I would I would ask him to do exactly what he did, and off they went, and they won the whole damn thing. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that was the year where Wiseman got hurt early and yep. actually didn't play a minute in that season, but the way that that season started, 18-2, and two, and all of a sudden you had to change, you had to recalibrate. It was a recalibration sensation is what it was of your expectations, your rotation, your development, and all the rest of it. And then last year, you were in a spot where, okay, you're, you're trying to compete for a championship, and you were maybe trying to serve both ends of it, 
and Kaminga was the one who kind of got victimized. But I think that Kaminga wasn't ready. When you look at where Kaminga is now, the player that he is, is it only because Steve Kerr is now playing him? I, I would beg to differ. I think Jonathan Kaminga has grown up. He's worked in his game. He's figured out what they need him to do. He's given more consistent effort. All those things have led to him being this player as opposed to the player who was sulking and unplayable in May last no year. No doubt, no doubt. And by the way, I'm okay if sometimes that takes a little bit longer than you want it to. In other words, was Kaminga ready at the beginning of this year to, to have a bigger role? Maybe, maybe. But a young player like was forced to wait. I remember a business contact that ended up being really good for me once upon a time. Like I reached out to him. I called him. He didn't respond. And I called him. He didn't respond. I called him. He didn't respond. Then I called him. And the next thing you know, we're in a high-level meeting like the next day. And I'm like, I called you like four times. He goes, I know. I know. I wanted to see if you'd call again. And I wanted to see if you'd call again. I wanted to see what you were about. And then I thought you were ready. Same thing with a young basketball player, nice. right? Nice. Right? He Steve Kerr'd you, this he guy. Did. He did. I'm like, what do you got against young people? <laughs> I wasn't that young. Anyway, uh, Warriors back in action tonight against the Lakers, 7 o'clock. Warriors live with E-Dog, Evan Giddings, 6 o'clock, presented by Xfinity. At home or on the go, you get the fastest internet to all your devices. Okay, Baxter Holmes, here we go. He wrote the article, huge feature on the Warriors and their future, and obviously had lengthy conversations with Joe Lacob. We got all kinds of questions, and we asked them next on Willard and Dibs. I love the young people. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bay Area, it's Draymond Green. And you're listening to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. All right, we continue. 888-957-9570. The Warriors and Lakers play tonight. No LeBron James um, in this basketball game. It's all tuckered out. Used up all his energy in the All-Star game. I don't know why you'd expect him to play, so uh, he's out. 
But Steve Kerr hates it when the other team's star is out. So we'll see how it goes. We're all over it. Warriors Survivor starts 29 games to see who stays on the island. Glad you're with us, and we're really glad that this guy's with us. Interesting, fascinating article on ESPN from Baxter Holmes. Baxter, great job. Love the article. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So in reading through the whole thing, here's the number one question I want to ask you. Is Joe Lacob realistic? Oh, man. Um, I think time is going to tell. Like, I don't, you know, I was reading a book the other day, and they made this point. It had nothing to do with sports. But the point was things that have never happened before happen all the time. And he made a point when I was talking to him about how history, like, you know, yes, it can serve as a guide, but you can make your own future. Now, look, history certainly suggests that when dynasties are at the end, that it's very hard for them to remain competitive after they age out of a dominant run. You know, we've seen it for many years in all kinds of sports, not just the NBA. Um, I don't know necessarily what the future is going to hold for the Warriors. They do have some promising young players now. They're in a prestigious market. They have a great arena. Um, And, you know, their money situation, like we'll know a lot more after this summer. Uh, what the cap looks like, but look, make no mistake. You know, the, the odds are up against them historically, but it's, I think a little bit too early to judge potentially whether or not they'll be able to thread the needle and at the very least remain competitive uh, in this next chapter. And Joe Lacob told you that they will never be bottom feeders and that they will always be competitive. So how did he envision this going when he talked to you about, bridging the gap with these young players who were going to take years to develop. Yeah, it was interesting because at that particular moment in time when they took them, a lot was kind of up in the air for the team itself. Like, you know, some of the players had either departed, like Kevin Durant, um, or had suffered major injuries. You know, uh, Steph had fractured his hand. Clay, you know, with his knee injury, and then he had another one after that. And then the pandemic arrived. And so there was just a lot up in the air. And they kind of took the swing for the fences approach in drafting some really raw but high-ceiling players and hoping that, you know, things would turn out. Then they win the 22 championship and everything. It's like, oh, okay, I guess it's not over, and you got to pivot back towards focusing on that. And, you know, what they hoped at the very least, what the organization hoped, was that they could blend in some of these young guys into the lineups, you know, get them some minutes, and at least know what they were. Because what they didn't want was to potentially bail on them. You see them blossom elsewhere, and then you – you know, you gave up on a prized asset without getting anything in return, or you gave up too early. But it was just too challenging to try to pull off, you know, with with going for a championship in the timeline. And he made it – Joe made a very honest point, I thought, that, yes, it was going to be challenging for the coaches. Yes, it was going to be challenging for the young players. But it was also going to be challenging for the veteran players to buy into that, to kind of seed control of the team and their goals. Um, to try to develop not just some young players, but some really raw players who came into the NBA with, you know, very little experience um, at the at the level just below, whether it was G League or college, what have you. Baxter Holmes, great feature article on the current and future of the Warriors, joining us here on Willard and Dib. So Baxter. Uh, you know, I don't want to make it sound like there was some huge fight, but but you do in the article describe the tension that was created 
when Joe Lacob's bridge the gap idea led mm. to the drafting of those raw players and a coaching staff led by Steve Kerr that's like, that's not possible. How would you further describe that tension? Yeah, I mean, it uh, it was explained to me that at the time, people understood, like, uh, you know, it makes sense taking these kinds of players because we are in kind of an unknown right now, as I said. You got some major injuries, some departures, a team had missed the playoffs for two straight years. There's a pandemic going on. You don't know uh, how some of the players who were injured, who were stars, are going to come back. There's just, like, uncertainty everywhere. And it's like, well, why not? Like, this makes sense in some ways because the future is uncertain and, and we're in this weird position. But again, that 22 championship kind of changed things. And that's where it became difficult, I think, for people, you know, whether it was on the coaching staff or even some of the star players, you know, they were like, we can't really shift out of our position. Like we have Steph Curry. And if you have Steph Curry and he's at the peak of his powers um, and he's healthy and some of the, other, you know, Clay came back and he was great. A bunch of, you know, the stars kind of aligned in that 22 season. And that's where there was tension. It was like, we cannot downshift on this. Like, we have a championship window. It is still open, and we cannot move to anything else. Like, you know, there are teams that really do focus on developing young players, and they have no expectations, really. You know, they're allowed to lose games. These guys can turn the ball over a ton. Like, they're just in the quote-unquote rebuilding mode. The Warriors had players like that, um, and, you know, who, who would normally had played a ton of minutes, but it was just not – the, but the Warriors were not rebuilding. And that's where the rubber meets the road, and that's where the tension one is. It was like, how can we try to make things work? And ultimately, they couldn't. Do you get the sense from Joe in talking to him that these next 29 games will determine which route he takes in, in terms of the immediate future and also the longer-term future of this organization? I think the next – so I, I, it's an interesting point because, you know, they have some young players right now that are playing really well like guys like Pods and Kaminga, you know, these guys are, are, are really shining. And the team has kind of found something. They've found a bit of a blend. You know, we, we're seeing Clay come off the bench, and I know he was great recently when he did that. I think that these next 29 games will be a little bit of a window into the future, but there's still questions about this summer, both Chris, Chris, <laughs> excuse me, with Chris Paul and with Clay, and what that looks like. But, yes, it is, I would say, kind of a preview, potentially. You know, and, and something else that I would point out, so, like, with respect to Steph, oftentimes these these dynasties are built around a star, and everybody kind of acknowledged to me, like, yes, this is built around Steph. But the point that Joe made to me um, it, that I thought was interesting is that the longevity of superstar players is changing. You know, like, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl of 43. LeBron's playing great late into his career. Steph, you know, like – what we think might be the end of a player's career or like when they kind of get there, it's starting to be redefined a little bit. And it's making dynasties in some ways, or at least, you know, long runs last longer than we might have thought possible. Um, and the Warriors are in that right now. Baxter, when you were talking to him about everywhere they've been and where they're going, do you get a sense of why Steve Kerr is not signed beyond this year? Uh not really. I mean, look, he did mention to me, this wasn't in the piece, but that he expects a deal to get done very soon. I've talked to a lot of people close to the matter, and, you know, here's, here's what I'll say on that. Steve's been in the NBA a long time. He understands how, you know, that the grass isn't always greener. He loves working for the Warriors, loves the partnership with Steph and whatnot. You know, Joe made the remark to me 
And he said, you know, we're entering into kind of an interesting position, you know, potentially like, you know, we're building over, you know, at some point in time, you know, not really sure, not really sure what that looks like. And Steve has to decide how, you know, if he wants to be part of that and if he wants, if, 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 you know, if the direction that we go, like how much that factors into his decision. But my understanding is I expect a deal to get done soon. Joe said that to me. Um, I've heard that from other people kind of close to the matter. You know, I, I'd be very, I, I don't, and I've also heard this, that like Steve understands that Joe is the kind of guy like, you know, the he'll, you, you'll get a new deal when your current deal is done. Like that's just, that's kind of how he operates. So it's not unusual to work on an expiring deal under Joe. Um, and I'm told that Steve's fine with that. What did you make of Joe Lacob overall in terms of, and the word we use is arrogance, and I don't want you to take it with a negative connotation. Mark and I have had a lot of conversations about arrogance not being something that bothers him or really bothers me, but did, did you get a sense in talking to Joe that he's self-confident, arrogant, or both? <laughs> self-confident for sure, incredibly passionate, hell-bent is another word I would use or another phrase uh, that I would use. And, you know, he acknowledged to me at one point that, you know, like he said things in the past that had they not won could have, you know, kind of been his undoing, you know, obviously the, the light years comment and some other stuff. And, but he is incredibly passionate about this team. He's been willing to spend the tax bill and everything, you know, certainly backs up that remark. I think, you know, at times, it, it's, you know, his, his passion and his, like, his competitive fire and everything like that, it certainly comes out in everything he says. You know, I, and I, I think that he's speaking kind of from his heart in some ways. Now, I'm sure when other people listen to it, it's like there might be a little bit of like, oh, you know, you can feel that, but maybe you shouldn't say that. You're the owner. This is your position and whatnot. But it is how he feels. He really doesn't have a filter. Uh, when it comes to this stuff, um, it's just going to be a matter of trying to pull it off. And the one thing that he made clear to me, he touched on this towards the end of the story, was, um, you know, he doesn't ever want the Warriors to, to bottom out. He does not have the appetite for that, for just being at the bottom of the standings and you're aiming for top picks. And But he believes as strongly as, and he calls this his ace in the hole, that if it comes to it, that the, and the Warriors need to go the route of, of, you know, going after star free agents, that... The, the arena, the market, the culture that, you know, and their willingness to spend and all of that is what is going to help separate them. Um, and so free agency and getting star free agents was something that he very much believes in. Baxter, you buy that? Warriors are a big, mean, big destination, even without Steph? I think, well, look, first of all, I know that players really like playing in the Bay. That arena is gorgeous. Um, the you know the the quality of life there, the training facility, like it has all the amenities and the culture and everything that people know around the NBA and willingness to spend and whatnot. Like they do have, they have an obvious leg up on a number of other cities. You know, make no mistake um, on that front. Yes, there are going to be questions for any player coming in. Like, okay, what does the roster look like? Are we competitive? Am I? Is it me and a bunch of other young players? But. Some stars like that. You know, they could also look at it as, hey, I had this, this whole team. Like, it's a, it can be my team from the get-go. So, you know, a lot of things, I, I, I do look back at it as, like, the timeline is stuff. That's, that's what it is. And we, you know, we just, you know, he's going to be 36 next month, I believe. Like, we just don't know how long he can continue to play at the level that he's at. He's, he's been extraordinary, you know, for 
however many years now. It's really something. Um, and it's, that is going to be, that's going to be the defining factor of how long this goes and what the future looks like. Baxter Holmes, ESPN, huge warrior feature article right now, ESPN.com, check it out. Okay, it doesn't look to me from reading the article like you spoke directly to Steph, but but Baxter, I, I, I do wonder in, in, in sort of thinking, okay, yeah, Joe Lacob's going to make a lot of decisions based on the next 29 games. How does Steph feel about that, do you think? Because if they do start to feature the young people, How's that helped the rest of Steph's career? Yeah, I mean, look, Steph is a part of the calculus for every decision the Warriors are going to make. And there are certain stars who really throw their weight around with respect to what team building looks like, whether it's the coaches, whether it's other players are playing with. Steph has not ever been that guy. And the Warriors know that. They're like, he's not the guy who comes into Joe's office and demands that they have these kinds of players are not like he has trusted the top of the organization, um, which I know has changed ever since Bob Myers left, but he's trusted the people there with respect to team building and competitiveness and whatnot. And, you know, he obviously doesn't want them to fall, tumble all the way back down the mountain and wants them to make, you know, aggressive moves to be um, competitive. But he, he's also clear eyed about, you know, kind of where they're at right now. And, and, uh, and has seen promise with some of the young players. And look, the, I think again, the next 29 games and seeing the seeing what those look like is, is going to be very interesting. You know, I Joe made the point to me. He said I wouldn't want to face us in the playoffs. I know that that sounds boastful, but uh, the Warriors boast a ton of playoff experience, and I don't know that I would either if they continue to play on, on the way they're playing right now. Um, speak. I'm glad you brought up Bob Meyer's name, uh, Baxter. Did Did you speak to him about any of this? Um, I can't talk about you. Look, I, I people that are named in the story that I talked to on the record are the ones that I spoke to. Right on the record. And I'll leave the rest to everyone's imagination. Okay, let me ask it this way then. <laughs> do you Do you think this dynamic that you wrote about the uh, bridge the gap that was built by Joe Lacob? Do you think that has anything to do with why Bob Myers is now a coworker of yours? <laughs> I uh, look. I certainly can't speak for Bob Myers. Um, one thing that I would say factored into Bob's decision making, and I think he's been open about this, is feeling a bit burnout. Or, you know, or needing time just to kind of step away. And I've, you know, I've talked to people who have expressed that about his decision. Um, I've also, t- I mean, I've talked to a ton of people just after a certain amount of time in the NBA that, you know, they come to that as well. But Bob was obviously in a unique position of having to, you know, the high, the championship expectations for, you know, what, close to a decade, which is really unique. You don't have guys in that position for that long with those high of expectations. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look, and I also wouldn't be surprised if Bob gets back into it at some point, you know, I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan, but you get guys who are are great at what they do, and they just want to take some time off, whether they go work at ESPN or go play baseball. Yeah, that's an interesting line. Uh, Baxter, thank you. Thank you for the time today. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, Baxter. Baxter Holmes, ESPN. Big, big article on the future of the Warriors, as he puts it in the article or the uh, the title of it, Dynasty at a Crossroads. Yeah. 29 games to go. And it either continues and they try to load up or 
Maybe it's the end of Clay Thompson and Chris Paul. Maybe you trade Andrew Wiggins. Who knows what happens if these next 29 games don't go great. Interesting response when you asked him about Bob Myers. And he, it, it sounded like he was going <laughs> to say that he actually talked to Bob. And then he stopped himself and said, well, the people who I named in the article are the people who I talked to well, in the article. I think it'd be crazy for him to have not at least checked in with Bob. Right. Bob may have said, not interested in being quoted in this article, and so maybe he's not. Or maybe he is one of the N- unnamed right. NBA sources. Former staffer. Former staffer. Yeah. Good point. He's a former staffer. Former Warriors staffer. He's a former <laughs> staffer, not Matthew. That's right. Wait, which quote was that? Hold on. Let's uh, Hold on. Okay. stop let everything. Me pull this stop one. the show. Which was the one? Hang on. I got it right here. It's, uh, and there's Lakeham quote. Beep. Lakeham. A lot of Lakeham in here. Now, this is a team source. One team source said it takes young players time to impact winning. The Warriors had time, then they didn't. All right. That was a team source. There's the one agent one, was quoted. Former Warrior staffer. Yeah. No, that's Lake. Uh, a source close to the Warriors organization. Oh, here it is. Oh. Okay. Former staffer. Could this be Bob Myers? Okay. All right. Quote. I think ownership made a decision about four years ago that they were going to try to have it all, and it backfired. They probably should have focused on players that just fit with Steph versus trying for the home run swings. According to one could, former GM. <laughs> could that be Robert Wires? Could be. Could it be? Could be Bob Myers. Yeah, it could be a thousand different people. It but, could. Yeah. And I think that quote is not wrong, and that speaks to the hubris, and if you want to call it arrogance, maybe it is arrogance to think that you could be the one, Joey Lightyear's, to thread this needle and make two timelines actually happen. Well, it's funny, though. The first time I read it, you went, no, that's totally inaccurate because they want a title. They did. And, and, and you're, you're right. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. In other words, like, I get what you're saying, which is if you win a title, and this even goes to your point about arrogance, Joe Lacob's allowed to be arrogant. Kyle Shanahan's not. Why? Right. Rings. Okay, fine. If that's the rule, that's the rule. Uh, you I know, think about Kapler, too, in this conversation. Wow, jeez. Because he was so arrogant. He didn't, even, and he didn't even get to the World Series. No, when cap. they won 107 games, it was, oh, that quirky cap, you know. He's, he's pushing all the right buttons. Manager of the year. And then they go 79 and 83, and it's like, <laughs> get out of here with get your, your perfect Get your cheeseburger beard. off of Instagram, totally. Gabe. Right. Yeah, right. We know that. That's sports. You win, you could be a wackadoodle. You don't win... I, I, I don't want to hear anything that comes out of your mouth. Right. I get it. I get it. All right. But so they win a championship. That's a catch-all. But at the same time, you had the number two overall pick in the draft. And you got bubkiss out of it. Right. You got you got a player who was already on your team to return with an injury and rejoin the team. That's what you got out of it in the end. And think about that. Your number two overall pick played zero minutes in the entire year, and you won a championship. So, yeah, it, it didn't really backfire on you. Oh, you're saying, okay, God, my brain went to GP2. I'm like, no, he played a bunch that year. No, you're number two overall yes, pick. Wiseman so, did not play. Right. right. So, Correct. I mean, your approach kind of backfired when you think about the long game because the number two overall pick isn't playing for you and probably won't be playing at all in the association sooner rather than later. And... 
your two timelines blew up. Jordan Poole's gone. Wiseman's gone. And, you know, Kaminga and Moody, Kaminga's a star in the making. Moody, we don't really know if he fits with this team. So your whole two timeline thing, yeah, it did backfire, but at the same time, you won a championship. Well, and, and, and again, I'd never substitute that for anything. It always makes me laugh when people, and they did this. I get it when you do it with the, the Giants thing that you just referenced. Boy, the worst thing that could have happened to them was 107 wins. You know what it was? It was a validation sensation. Mm. And all they all off they went into the world being like, you know what? I got an idea. Let's just have not one mediocre player at each position, (laughs) but two. Two mediocre position players at every position, and none who are great. What an idea. That'll show them. Turns out it works. Genius. It doesn't work. Right. Okay. Um, but you do hear people go, you know, the worst thing that happened to the Warriors is winning that championship. Yeah. That's stupid. I, I don't get that. That's stupid. You won the championship. Right. You give up anything for that. So no, no, no give backs when it comes to, uh, to the championships. But I do wonder with that as the backdrop in our head, okay, 29 games to go. How do you want it to look? And remember what happens in these 29 games determines what happens next? So how do you want it to look? I know it's simple to just be like, well, we want to win. What does that even mean? You're the 10 seed right now. Right. All right. So how do you want this to look? What's, what's the result you're going for, Warriors? You could say championship. I don't know how realistic that is. Yeah. I think you want a series. That's just what one. you want. Well, you, you want to get in the playoffs. Okay. You want a playoff series. And for me... You want to be in the seven or eight seed. That way you've got a little bit of a cushion in the play-in. The six is a long shot. You'd love to get the six. And, you know, you'd have to have a pretty good finish, maybe 20 and nine, to get up to the six. If you go 20 and nine over the last 29, you might get the six. Maybe. That might be good enough. But you want to get to where you have a playoff series because you don't want to face this team in the playoffs now, Joe Lacob. <laughs> His words and mine. And I don't think Do he's you know wrong. What, he's not wrong, but I'm also a little triggered by that when when teams oh, I don't I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want to be the team that keeps saying, You don't want to be the team. You don't want to you don't want to face us. I don't want to be the team that you quote don't want to face. Because that usually means that you're like lurking in the weeds. Right. I want you to swagger in with big biceps and be like, Yeah, yeah. We're, we got game one at home. That's what I want, and that ship sailed for this year. That's gone. Yeah, You're not yeah. getting a top four seed. No. And no. even the record you just threw out there is probably not good enough to avoid the play-in tournament. Think about that. 20-9 and nine over these last 29 is probably not good enough for the sixth seed. Probably not. If 47-35 and 35 would be your record... Which is probably not. It's a winning percentage of 573. Right now, 573 gets you the eighth seed. There you go. Because the Kings are 574. So we'll just say that 573 is 574. So if you go 20 and 9 and you wind up with a 574 winning percentage, you're the eight. Yep. All right. So um, how would you all answer that question? How do you want the rest of this season to look? Therefore, setting up what? As we go into 
the year following. Boxster Holmes was great. Twitch.tv slash 95.7 The Game. YouTube.com slash 95.7 The Game. Like, subscribe. All of our content is there always. It's powered by First NorCal Credit Union. We're presented by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. By the way, Slates. Anthony Slater answered that very question on the morning roast today. What is a successful final 29 games? We'll let you hear that answer coming up next on Weathered and Dips. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it out. Hey, Dub Nation, it's Steve Kerr. You're listening to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Hey, where'd Steve go this week, Lucas? Grandy? Where is he? Didn't he tell us he was going San out Diego. to San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they don't have phones? Oh. Like, oh, what? snap. No, like, right? I know it's the all-star break, but like, no. I would, like, I would have thought that as soon as he arrived in San Diego, he'd have texted you and been like, what day? Like, any day before Thursday works because they're all the same. Nobody's doing anything. What day do the guys need me? That didn't happen? It didn't. Although normally that is how our communication goes. He just right. texts me out of the blue. When right. do you want me on? It didn't happen this week, though, unfortunately. <laughs> Steve, did we lose you? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I, yeah, I feel like some kind of way when we go a full week without talking to Steve. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, we'll get him tomorrow, though. I'm sure. I'm sure we won't. They got another game tomorrow. Well, rub some dirt on it, Kerr. Let's go. I'm going tomorrow. Yeah? I'm going. I'm going to the game, Dibs. With whom? Everybody. You bringing the whole crew? The whole crew. Everybody's going. Everybody getting the family trucks. We're going to the game. 
All three kids? Oh, yeah. The lovely Christy? The lovely. Her couple? No, 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 no. Okay. No. How many tickets do you think I got? I know how many you can get. I know how many you have gotten. Well, you know. You got juice like that. <laughs> I was really looking forward to the Can Steve Curse Save the All-Star Game segment. Yeah. Supposed to have earlier Come on, week. Steve. Can you fix it? Yes, we can. Well, now that we've read this article, I know what my first question is. Be honest, Steve. How much do you hate Joe Lacob? <laughs> exactly. Tell him we will take him any hour of any show for the rest of the week, and that's what we would like to ask. See, did we lose you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm here. <laughs> um, Anthony Slater's response on what a successful second half looks like um, in just a moment. But can we take two minutes to talk about our brethren here at 95.7 The Game? Of course game? we can. I got two things. First of all, um, F.P. Santangelo, who was uh, morning show host alongside Bonte Hill today, a uh, half hour ago, with a tweet with regard to the Dodgers spring training opening 14 to 1 victory over the Padres tweets Dodgers win 14 to 1 over the Padres in Cactus League opener and have decided to defer 12 of those runs to opening day you don't have a laugh track to why, accompany now, that why why do you like why is it funny to you it's why is it like that's funny that's like it's nuanced and uh, no it's, it's ne- not it's never I know you're not in baseball mode yet but every opportunity you get to poke at Dodger fans on social media you do it that's the rule that's not a poke though of they, course it's a poke why because they, they defer because they're they're they're, they're geniuses no, they're, they're smarter they're than you weenies. Farhan didn't have the guts to make that trade yes he did it's not a trade or to make that deal that he signing. said that it, they did they offered him the same deal with the deferred money yes and they didn't get him because they're not the Dodgers right yeah I just Shohei said no hey. Yeah. Yeah. FP, it's hilarious. It's you know <laughs> it's not keep the zingers coming, FP. Give it a laugh. Come on. You're a funny guy. <laughs> Come on. Give me a laugh. There you go. Yeah. It's you look at that and you oh you smile. Just laugh. It's not funny enough a, to a laugh for is, me to exert the energy to laugh. It's therapeutic. A laugh, oh, I laugh all the time. Yeah, laughter will help you. I'm not gonna waste a laugh on that. You know what? Like they, they deferred twelve runs to opening day. Laughs, laughter is free. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think I bang on the table and clap my hands all the time? Puts me in a good mood. Yeah. It may not be funny. Doesn't matter. You get to laugh. Joe Coy, when I saw him last year, whoop. Uh, <laughs> That's <he>, funny. They, <laughs> thank you. He opened his show that way. He's like just. Everybody, like you're here to let it rip. Laughter is beautiful. Laughter is free. And then he goes, not tonight. <laughs> See, that was fake. A fake no, laugh was is a, worse. That was real. That's worse. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> no, oh, I get it because of the show, hey, dude. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Lucas, I get it now. Lucas, make sure you're talking loud into that microphone. We want to hear you, okay? Hello? We, we love you, Lucas. Thanks, Grandy, do you, you have anything to add? Are you pro or Did you con? understand the joke, Grandy? Did you get did you I'll, like it? I'll give it number three. Grandy is the second smiliest person on this show. I, I don't know if everybody knows that. That's true. Grandy is the second ranked smiler. Congrats, Grandy. Yeah. I'm first. That's a big win for me. Yeah, I'm first. Big silver. Dibs just because you've been around the block too many times. You're third. And Lucas, you're last. You're you're you know, like you it's choose, a hard earned yeah, smile. You choose you choose sarcasm over 
over belly laughs every time. All right. Uh, I don't just give them away. Can I try again? That's right, Dibs. Do it. Maybe you'll think this exchange was funny. Okay. I'd like to take a moment, and since he's put it on social media, I feel totally comfortable saying this publicly on the air, and maybe it came up this morning, but ladies and gentlemen of the 95-7 The Game family, Bonte Hill is engaged. Oh, that's awesome. That's not the funny part. Yeah, I was going to laugh. <laughs> I actually had it planned. It's not funny. I was gonna laugh. It's not funny. I was gonna laugh because it's not the funny part, it's but wonderful. I didn't want to disrespect yeah, no. Monte because this is really <laughs> it's awesome. That's great. As a man who's been engaged a time or two, it's a wonderful moment. By the way, if you ever want me to laugh at anything, just play Peter King. That's it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Just play Peter King having live pneumonia on our show yeah. every single week, and it will make me laugh only because he's better now. Uh... Thank you, Peter. Okay. So the funny part is, is I I, I did what a, a, a friend should do, and I, and I texted Bonte. I said, ah, dude, congratulations. I even put an emoji in there, a little champagne bottle. Yeah. Okay, and he said, "Thank you, bro. Any tips?" <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, now that's like, funny. That writes itself. Now that's funny. I said, first tip: don't listen to me." I mean, come on, man. You're gonna text me and ask me for tips? Tips. Yeah, yeah that is funny. Man. Thank you. You still look like your laughter's fake. No, no, that that was funny only because I know you Thank and you. I know your situation. But it's all I mean, <laughs> he was just reaching out like, "Hey, how you doing?" And when, you know, I don't really think that he's looking for uh tips from you. Um Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I, not. I feel bad now that I didn't text him. I'm going to get it right this time though. I got it right this time. Yeah. I got it right this time. I haven't gotten engaged yet, but I'm going to get it right this time. Yeah. No, yeah. For sure. This time, it counts. Yeah. Okay, Manfred? Or was that Bud Selig? That was Bud Selig. That was Bud Selig. Yeah. <laughs> you let me know when you get engaged. This time, it, it counts. counts. Yeah. All right? Okay. Man, laugh is free, man. Yeah, I'm not just going to give it away, though, for nothing. Because then it, it cheapens everything that's really funny. If you just laugh at everything, then how do I know what you really think is funny? Remember Kurt Cobain? Right, Nirvana. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember the line from the song? No. I wish I was like you, easily amused. It is. It's a gift. It's a gift. I think everything's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think looking at you right now is funny. Yeah, that's great. You sound like Kawhi. <laughs> All right. You want to hear from Anthony Slater? Been dying to. 888-957-9570. How you want these next twenty nine games to look? What? is successful the rest of the way. Here's uh, Slates on uh, the roast. <laughs> now that's funny. Why is it not playing, Grandy? Grandy's got his hands up in the air like Iguodala. Not Why so smiley it? now, are I'm you, Grandy? It. It's not, we're not hearing it. What's going on, Grandy? I'll do it from my end. Here okay. Well, I mean, I guess it, that kind of depends on who you ask, right? If you're just talking to, like, Steph or Draymond or... You know, Steve Kerr, certainly Clay Thompson at this point, they're not going to be like, oh, you know, one round and out and we'll feel fine, right? right. They're still like having this faint idea of a title run, you know, especially at right. the stage they are in their career in life. If you were asking, you know, me, maybe a neutral observer or even, you know, a, you know 
people within uh, the front office. Like, right? We, I think there's, you know, how does the youth look at the end of the season? Is Jonathan Kaminga still on right. the you know, rapid upward tra- trajectory. Does he get playoff experience? Sure, maybe they go deep into the second round and get eliminated, but maybe coming off that series, right. you're like, geez, Kaminga's like a, a top two, what, top three entity. type player. Okay, so uh, the engaged Bonte wanted to follow up right there. <laughs> I, like, his answer for me, it, it kind of, it encapsulates how complex this answer is. You know, he brings up the second round. You kind of insinuated it's just around, like just get into the playoffs, have a really good showing, if you will. This is new ground for us. The idea of like, hey, we won a couple of games. Have a good showing. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know. And, and Anthony's going into the depth of, well, no, it's kind of like, how are you, how are you set up for next year? And that's how I would answer the question. There is no defined way to answer the question, but I am still a firm believer in the remainder of Steph Curry's career, and I still believe that he is every bit of an NBA one as you could be. Therefore, to me, the window's not closed. I know people think the window's closed because they're thinking about what the window used to look like. The window evolves. The Steph Curry era, to me, is not over yet. It's about... What is he surrounded with? I want, at the end of this year, there to be a clear picture of what that can and should be. Is there a path to make it so? So, in other words, is Kaminga this? And is Pajemski that? And you clear Chris Paul. And what do you do with Clay? And is there a way to then sort of bolster that group, I still think Steph and Draymond are fine. Is there a way to bolster that group that puts them back in position? So it's not a definable answer, but I want that to have both a picture and a path right? when this whole thing is over. And I think that you will, no matter how it goes. If you go 10 and 19, or if you go 19 and 10, if you go 29 and 0, or anywhere in between any of those scenarios, you're going to know what you need to know. And it goes beyond just those players. I think it also goes to Andrew Wiggins. What are you going to do with Andrew Wiggins for the next three years? Are you sold that he can be two-way Wiggs and be an impactful member of a good team? Or do you start to play him into a spot where maybe he gets dealt in the offseason? I think the Podjemski and the Kaminga parts of it, those have already been solved. Those guys are here. They're rotational pieces no matter who else is around them. Steph and Draymond, I think the same thing is in place. Now, Moody and GP2, I think those are interesting questions as far as can they help you? And Kevon Looney, who has only a partial guarantee for next year. I do think there are other questions on the roster outside of the two youngsters who I'm pretty certain are going to be back and be a part of the rotation. Oh, I have no doubt that they're going to be back. Uh, You said something interesting there I want to follow up on, and then we'll go to the phones at 888-957-9570. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch, and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Upgrade your savings dividend. Open a First NorCal First Class Money Market today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.